this is Jorge Fortune to the third installment of the New Retina Radio Journal Club with participation from members of the Bit Buckle Society. Uh, hopefully you were able to listen to the first two episodes and get a feel for what we're doing here, but basically we're reviewing uh, the latest and greatest in uh, uh, journal articles uh, in a way that uh, makes it a little bit more digestible uh, and consumable uh, wherever you may be. Today, I'm happy to be joined by uh, my three co-panelists, uh, Basil Williams, Cynthia Kian, and Christina Wang, uh, who you've met from our previous episodes. And uh, I'm gonna ask Basil to start us off here. Basil, today's paper is a comparison of wide field swept source optical coherence tomography and geography with ultra wide field color fundus photography and fluorescein angiography for the detection of lesions in diabetic retinopathy. And I'm out of breath now, that's a long title, <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure that your summary of this paper is going to be a lot more succinct than my reading of the title. So Basil, just take us through this paper. What uh, were some of the findings? And, uh, and then we'll take it from there. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for, uh, for having me. So uh, this is a prospective observational study conducted at uh, Mass Ioneer uh, in the British Journal of Ophthalmology published a little bit earlier this year. Uh, so basically, they took patients with proliferative diabetic retinopathy, non-proliferative, and diabetic patients without diabetic retinopathy. And they were all imaged with ultra-wide field uh, color fundus photography uh, with a 200-degree single capture uh, imaging system. And then they also uh, took images, took two 15 by 9 millimeter uh, OCT images that were combined for a montage of a 15 by 15 millimeter scan. And then they also did uh, ultra-wide field fluorescein angiography in a select group of patients uh, so that they could uh, make the comparison. So this study looked at 152 eyes of 101 patients and uh, compared ultra-wide field uh, fundus photography to swept source OCTA, where color fundus photography was better at determining microaneurysms, whereas swept source OCTA was better at detecting uh, ERMAs or neovascularization elsewhere and neovascularization of the disc. The combination of swept source OCTA and fundus photography was comparable when looking at uh, wide field fluorescein angiography and looking at the diabetic retinopathy lesions. Uh, and so in conclusion, they kind of decided that uh, the combination of wide field uh, fundus photography with swept source OCTA was pretty similar to using wide field fluorescein angiography alone. And this may be valuable because we obviously know that fluorescein angiography can be a little bit of an invasive test uh, where patients might have reactions to the injection. And it's particularly challenging in patients who have uh, renal abnormality or, or renal dysfunction um, or if there are pregnant patients, et cetera. And so, um, by using swept source OCTA, you might be able to capture a lot of the stuff that's seen on fluorescein angiography and combining that with uh, wide field fundus photography gives you uh, pretty similar uh, results. I'd like to open it now to uh, the group at large. I think that this is the kind of uh, paper that lends itself to good discussion. I'd start off just by going around and Basil, I'll include you in this, but Cynthia and Christina, I'm interested, you know, we all, uh, practice at academic medical centers, and uh, but even in that setting, how many of you have access to to wide you know to swept source OCTA, uh, wide field swept source OCTA? So, you know, I see I Cynthia do. and Christina uh, shaking their heads right now. Basil, I, I do not. Yeah. So, so I think that you know. So, 
we do here at Bascom, uh, we just opened a new retina center. And, and uh, the reason we were able to purchase three of these machines, one research and two clinical, is because we had uh, donors, you know, that, that allowed us to purchase them. But I think work like this is important uh, because it proves the utility of this technology uh, and it shows us what we can achieve with it. And so uh, I think it'll drive uh, the produ you know, production of, of more affordable uh, uh, units. But, uh, you know, Basil, I thought you brought up an interesting point about uh, dye-based angiography. And I will still say that uh, I pretty much get wide field angiography on all my patients. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, all my diabetic patients, I should say. So at first visit, I pretty much always get a fluorescein angiography on, um, on my diabetic patients. Yeah. If they have some sort of diabetic retinopathy, of course, if they don't Correct. have an EGR, but, but uh, you know, Christina and, uh, and Cynthia, maybe you guys, what's the value of, of, of seeing that, that, you know, mid peripheral peripheral vasculature to you? I think first of all, we've seen this in studies already that, you know, even under careful examination by a retina trained specialist, you can miss things out there. Subtle, flat NV, ermal lesions, you really, it's hard to quantify non-perfusion without that help of a fluorescent angiogram. So I think just by elucidating all the findings that are actually present, I think that's a huge help. But, you know, leakage, obviously. So you're looking for leakage, you're looking for non-perfusion. And I think a lot of these things can be very telling in terms of altering management for a patient or for giving you an idea of potentially what their prognosis is and their visual prognosis as well. Yeah. And I agree with Basil. So I always, uh, for new diabetic patients uh, who come in, I always get a baseline fluorescein. Um, and um, at least, um, I mean, I try to aim for, you know, perhaps every six to nine months after they've been you know, in follow-up either for injections or lasers or treatments or even just regular follow-up, I'll try to get a comparison fluorescein again just to see the progression. And I think you know, uh, in the absence of having um, other research tools such as the web source OCTA, um, the FA is still very, very telling and very helpful and reassures me in guiding me in my practice. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the, the one interesting thing that, that was brought up by this is the utility of combining two treat, uh, imaging modalities that are non-invasive um, and that can be used to very accurately diagnose patients. And I, I think we've all changed our practice models. And I think a lot of us have gone to what we call hybrid visits. And we're, we're really starting to realize the value of imaging modalities. And, uh, you know, I might get uh, ostracized or excommunicated from the retina community by saying this, but the relative lack of value of the traditional physical exam. Uh, and I think that when you're talking about technology that can further replace something that involves direct act or, or skill like doing a dye-based angiogram, that this becomes very exciting as far as, as you know, diagnosing our patients remotely, so to speak. Um, I know that you guys don't have swept source OCTA, but you know, since we're talking about wide field imaging, you know, perhaps you guys can talk about how that's played a bigger and bigger role, uh, perhaps in your practices during this pandemic. I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but uh, I think it's interesting to talk about. 
Yeah, we've at Baylor at least, we've tried to really streamline those patient visits. So we want those patients in the office as little time as possible. And so one of the ways to help do that is of course by eliminating some of the testing that takes a longer period of time, such as a fluorescein angiogram, unless I feel like it's really gonna change management. One of the great things about ultra wide field imaging is you can really, I mean, I don't wanna say it's a substitute for the physical examination because I still dilate these patients and take a look, but it sure does give you the reassurance that you're catching all the findings that need to be caught. And you know what's wonderful about it is it only takes a few seconds to acquire. So that is a huge thing. And I will say that OCTA, there's tons of research going on. I think it's a very promising tool and it's great that it's non-invasive. I think one of the drawbacks still is that it's not quite as quick as an OCT or an ultra wide field fundus photograph. And so if you really look at their methods and what was done here, you know, they took separate superior and inferior 15 by nine millimeter images that they had to montage. And then while the vascular layers were segmented on an automated basis for the vitreal retinal interface lab, each B scan they looked at closely and they actually did manual segmentation. There's also a lot of artifacts that are introduced in OCTA, and I can speak to this because I use that too in our office here. So it's an imperfect tool right now, but like everyone else has alluded to, we're actively studying it and we're learning more and more about it. And I do think it's going to have a tremendous value and place in our practices in the future. Yeah. Yeah, and um, in my practice, um, as Christina said, uh, obviously I also see pediatric patients. So as you can imagine, the ultra-wide uh, field um, imaging is super helpful. Um, so you know, um, what used to be sometimes uh, long exams under anesthesia, or you know, can now be replaced by a really quick exam that the child tolerates really well, that allows us to see really far into the periphery, that you know, also eliminates the um, the need for additional, you know, timing, stress to the child, to the parent, and also the anesthesia process. And I think it's really, you know, not only during uh, these times, but overall really helped with the general practice um, and the um, uh, proportion of a lot of my pediatric patients. And I think I agree also with what Christina says. A lot of these, I think, even though they're kind of in the research phase, we do need to push forward and have these you know, come into our practices so that they're perfected, so that the acquisition time goes down, so that you know, the images uh, become even wider field. I think in this study, it was very impressive to see that color fundus photo with the swept source uh, was almost as good as the FA, but there was, for example, one lesion that was outside the, um, the 50 cent degree center uh, imaging from the uh, swept source that was missed um, by that imaging, in it, even though it was combined with color fundus that was picked up on fluorescein. So, but really, I think it's only by having these tools in our hands and having them evolve that we're going to be able to get that, you know, five second acquisition time and wider field just from one uh, picture, just like we have with um, ultra wide field imaging, per se. Yeah. And I, and I do be, I do hope it becomes more accessible, both from the standpoint that costs will go down, that the technology will get better and more user friendly. Because I can attest that, uh, you know, th there is a lot. It's very work intensive to get these images, especially when you're talking about the montage. Um, and uh, you know, uh, currently we're not being compensated uh, any any more for this. Um, so, but but I agree. You know, sometimes with this new technology, you don't know what you don't know. And so the more you study it, uh, the more you find out. But I think certainly what's not arguable amongst this group of uh, individuals that's, that's discussing here is that there is a utility to wide field imaging. 
uh, and that there is uh, some utility to continuing to explore this non-dye based uh, technology going forward. Uh, and with those words of hope for the future, uh, I'd like to say uh, goodbye on behalf of my uh, co-panelists. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, for this uh, third installment of New Retina Radio Journal Club. I'd uh, like to thank uh, iTube, New Retina Radio, certainly support from the Vip Buckle Society, as well as again, uh, my co-panelists. Please uh, remember to download this podcast wherever you download your podcasts. You can also visit uh, itube.net to see a video version of this. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate us so that we can improve future content. And with that, thank you.